I missed you. Missed you oh, too. I missed you guys so much. It's only been, uh, you know, two weeks, but it feels like 100. Yeah. It feels like a thousand years. If we don't get our weekly dose of each other, it just, everything's thrown off. A it's lot thrown. of depression. A lot. <laughs> yeah. Naps. A lot of sadness. <laughs> oh, sadness <laughs> abound. <laughs> I'm in bed all day. Oh yeah, I I was in I was in Colorado. Kylie was in Mass, and I was in good old Austin, just living her it. best life, kicking it, thinking, I dreaming, thinking and dreaming <laughs> about my future. Good. And I'm like, I know, I think I know where I'm going. Where's she going? That's a secret. Okay, <gasps> until it's like next wishing time. upon a star. You guys just have to wait and see. Yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah. Ooh. The and movie. we're the Golden Ghouls, Alyssa, Kylie, Emily. It's time to get spooky. Whoa. Speaking of spooky, did you guys see that Zach Bagans purchased, um, God, the the house, the LaBianca mm-hmm. house? Yeah. He's just buying and buying. First off, how do we get that kind of ghost adventures money so we can buy all the spooky shit? Did you see know. he just bought Sharon Tate's wedding dress? What? He's going to look great in that. He's going to look fantastic, first off. But, like, first don't off. you go wearing that in the La Bianca house. No. That's no. disrespectful. And rude. He's all honestly right, rude, AF. Right? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do, though? Like, truly, where'd you get all that moolah, dude? It's travel, a ghost adventure money. channel must pay. I need that travel channel money. For real. Oh. Thank you. Thank oh. you. Yeah, but I was in Colorado, which turns out... Is pretty pretty haunted. It's super pretty haunted. Yeah, and we we did hear you got a little bit. I did. Spooked. I'll tell you guys about that. I'll okay. tell you guys about that in Are a little bit. I can't wait to hear. Yeah, there was some some spooky things happening in Leadville, Colorado. <gasps> oh, Leadville. Leadville. Never even heard of it. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll kick things off with a, with a spooky one though. Yes. Okay. This is the Molly Brown House. It's mm. a museum today. Okay. It's in Denver. So, hippin' happenin', hoppin'. I really wanted to do their um, spooky tour, but it doesn't start until September. I was like, that is rude, honestly. I mean, it makes sense. I'm here now. I'm here now, though. All right, so let's let's go back in time. It's the 1880s. So the few the few lucky ones who made millions in the mountains, the railroads, or trade, they moved to the prestigious. Capitol Hill neighborhood. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so this included Isaac and Mary Large, and they made their fortune in silver mining, which was big back then. Oh, not gold. No, no. Okay. So they built this house at 1340 Pennsylvania Avenue, and they commissioned this well-known well-known architect. His name was William Lang, and he combined this like classic Queen Anne style with um, a Romanesque style to create huh. the the eclectic home. What an interesting combo for this lo- the large family. He's a one of the kind architect. You know, he really was. <laughs> So these people, it did, (laughs) but these people had money. So they made sure they had all of the best for the time period. They had electricity. They had indoor plumbing. They had heat. They had telefonos. Wow. Yeah. So soon after its completion, though, the larges, they became victims of the silver crash. They lost all their money. They had to sell it. So they sell it to James Joseph or JJ and Margaret Brown in 1894. Mm-hmm. So the home's namesake, Margaret, a.k.a. Molly, she was an American socialite and philanthropist, and she was actually a survivor of the Titanic. She <gasps> Stop right. it. Yes. Nicole, do you hear that? Yes. You know, don't they say, though, like, we really don't know why she became so memorable out of the, all the survivors. Well, so this is what it was. She is best remembered because she encouraged the crew in lifeboat number six to return to the to the scene of the crash okay. um, and look for survivors. Right. Yeah. Did a lot of people? Well, I I don't know, but don't know she she is the one that everyone was, was like Molly did the thing. Molly did the damn thing. Yeah. <laughs> So over the next 30 years, the Browns made changes to the house, which included adding a front porch, a back porch. They changed the roof. They added a third floor. So in 1898, 
um, JJ transferred the title to Margaret because of his own declining health. Mm-hmm. And um, Margaret starts traveling. So she starts renting the house out oh, to wealthy wow. families. Um, in 1902, they were on a trip and they came home. The home became the governor's mansion for a time. Mm-hmm. So this place pops off. Who hasn't lived there, you know? But then uh, Margaret, she starts losing money. And she notices the neighborhood's declining. Money's not coming in it like it used to. The Great Depression happened. So she ends up having to turn this into a boarding house. And her housekeeper, Ella, becomes the supervisor. Good for her. Yeah. Moving on up. Promotion. Well, Margaret died in 1932 at the height of the Great Depression. And they had to sell the house. No. So the following, like the owners after Margaret... They changed the house dramatically. They added 12 separate spacers for different bedrooms, um, all sorts of shit. So they're fucking this place up. Why do people do this? Every week I have to ask, why are people messing with these historic homes? I have the same question. I don't get it. It's like, PSA, quit it. (laughs) Period. 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 Nothing more Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, like, for real. There's a lot of places that are gone or just destroyed in general because people try to renovate these, like, already beautiful places. I don't get it. Just restore, restore, restore. Yep. Well, thank goodness for this guy who comes along. It's 1958. His name is Art Leisenring, and he purchases the house, and he rents the rooms that are there to gentlemen boarders, um, and then he leases it to the city for use as the Jane Addams Hull Home for Girls. So he's a good guy, but he really wants to actually preserve the history of the house and make sure that Molly is immortalized as the unsinkable Molly Brown that she was. (gasps) Unsinkable? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Couldn't stop her. Yeah. Couldn't get her a bold nickname. (laughs) Yeah. So Leisenring and a group of citizens, they appealed to the governor's wife for help. And on December, good God, December 11th, 1970, they formed the historic Denver Incorporated. Good. So they begin this effort to save the house from demolition. And you know what? They they win. Okay? Uh-huh. So they do paint analysis, architectural research. They study... Oh God. <laughs> we are all over the place, and by we, I mean me. Um, and they look at photographs from 1910, and then they restore it back to its original beauty. Tight. So okay. now the house mostly looks like it did when the Browns and okay. the Larges were living there. I respect that a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So all this really goes to say is the house saw a lot of energy. They had borders. They had different families living there all the time. So... And it still does today because there's a museum. There's people walking in and out of the place. Thus, it's haunted AF. Mm-hmm. Am I right? She's okay. right. Okay. So the most popular entities are those of Molly herself and her husband, JJ. And they're said to still hang around the home. They just go about their business like they never left. Mm-hmm. Um, which I feel like li- live it up, yeah. you know? Yeah. Or, or unlive it up. Yes, okay. exactly. Uh, the staff and guests of the museum often smell pipe or cigar smoke, which is a telltale sign that JJ is around and enjoying his smokes, okay. as he did in life. His smokes. And they know it's got to be JJ because there's actually no smoking allowed there <gasps> to this day. Now, what do you know? He's the one exception. Yeah. Cold spots have also often been felt in Molly's room, and her apparition has been seen coming and going around corners very quickly. So she just disappears. There's also a female apparition dressed in Victorian attire, and she likes to sit at the dining room table. And she has even allowed visitors to take photos of her. Stop it. Mm -hmm. Do we have these photos? We can find them. Okay. I wonder if she's eating at the dining room table or just waiting for food. Well, she's sitting there, but sometimes she feels a little energetic, and she rearranges the chairs around the table. Classic. Wow. Yeah. There's also the spirit of the daughter of J.J. and Molly. Her name was Catherine Ellen, and she died young. We don't know why, but likely disease. Mm-hmm. You know, the time would tell you. That's probably what happened. But the windows, the blinds on the windows in her rooms will raise and lower on their own. And in Catherine Ellen's room, Mary's, 
Who's Mary? <laughs> Molly's mother, Joanna, has been seen as a full-bodied apparition. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot more happenings, like light bulbs unscrewing on their own. They come in and find them out of out of where they were, but completely intact. Weird. Yeah, but um, the last entity I'll tell you guys about, it's a grumpy old man. And he's believed to have been a servant in the home. But most often he's seen in mirrors, like behind visitors, which I will have to say no thank you to. Yeah, no thank you. Yeah, that's... I'm like, oh, I'm looking rough That's today. one of my biggest fears is looking in the mirror. And seeing an old man. And there they are. Hard pass for moi. I'm like, why didn't anyone tell me this is what I look like? Sir, <laughs> you could have let me know. Yeah. Exactly. I'm, a, I'm a two-headed man. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Wow. Yeah. Molly Brown House. Well, if you're in Denver, take a peek. Yeah, honestly. Take a peek. Should we stay in Denver? Yeah, sure. I I got a Denver. Okay. With a brown. (gasps) Brown town. (laughs) Brown town. I got another brown, and there are 40 other browns. Okay, I did some research, because earlier today I was talking to my ghouls, and I was like, I'm pretty sure the Brown Palace Hotel is related to Molly Brown. I stayed there one time a long time ago. And I remember hearing her name because unsinkable Molly Brown. Uh-huh. Like as a child, you would just remember that. Yeah. No relation to her. Oh. Mm-hmm. But she did stay there. Well, then it's so, t- kind of kind of related. Yeah. Yeah. In this yeah. sense. Yeah. Maybe. That um she she possibly haunts, you know. I didn't read many stories about her, but I'm gonna tell you a few others that okay. are pretty neat. I'm ready. My parents also stayed there recently, so there's a little connection in here really? with yes. this story. Yeah, they shared a little video with us they too. We need to probably share it online. Oh yeah, absolutely. Very cool. But yes, this is the Brown Palace in Denver. What a beautiful uh, name. Honestly. That Truly. Was, yeah, that's where I spent most of the morning. Does anyone else hate the color brown? I'm just not a fan. It's not my color, no. My, I also it really used, don't like burnt orange. Uh, I like, I'm fine with burnt orange. My sister used to, that used to be her favorite color because she, she, yeah, she would wear brown all the time and she said it was because she was brown. She is. She is. Oh, brown. <laughs> okay. She got the Mexican jeans, but, you know? Yeah. yeah. I don't often see brown on people. I'm gonna be honest. She loved brown. She loved the fuck no, out of some brown. I mean, sorry, this is, we're probably talking about brown for too long, but like I don't see the color brown. Yeah. Anyway. Decoration. Okay. Moving brown on to palace. palace. You know, a dark pair of khakis every now and then, mm-hmm. but not full head to toe FedEx. Outfit. No way. I'm sorry. UPS. <laughs> oh yeah. UPS. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You know, <laughs> that's so true. They were brown all the time. They look a hot person as in uniform. Yeah. You know? Okay. <laughs> they, <laughs> they should visit the Brown Palace in Denver. Well, I'm yeah. Only gonna wear brown. So, <laughs> <laughs> Please do. <laughs> Me too. I just want to try it out. Maybe for a week. You mm-hmm. know, see what people say. A week of like, brown. Wow. Brown out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this place, guys, this hotel, this palace, <laughs> this city, was built by a Henry Brown. Oh, okay. No relation to Molly that we know or of. her family that we know of. I tried to, like, Wikipedia that shit. You, like, down. wanted it to be. I wanted it so bad, and I couldn't connect the dots. Mm. So we're going to leave it at that. I bet I bet they're connected somewhere. Yeah. Um, Down the lineage line. This homie was a cool dude. He was on his way to California, going through Colorado with his fam, and going for the the gold. Or is that what he's it chasing the gold? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, or silver. But if it was California, no, he was probably California. chasing that gold rush. Yeah, that's what it was, right? Yeah, gold okay. rush. So he was going up there, and then his wife. They were in Denver, and she was like, "Oh, there's a great quote online, but it's like." Henry. That's what she said. Wow. (laughs) She's really ahead of the time. She was like, Henry, thou, thou might, thou. How now, Brown? Exactly. It's something like you. Okay, you want to go to California, but I'm gonna stay there here. Okay. With a bunch of thous and shalls, and whatever. It's a great quote, but he was like, I can't leave my sugar, so he stayed, (laughs) y'all. Oh, you picked up. Oh, no. What did you say? I said, 
He's brown sugar. Oh, I heard that. Yeah. But she, so he made a bunch of money in real estate, okay? And, like, decided, he was, like, a socialite in town at this point, right? Mm -hmm. And the Windsor Hotel had the nerve to not let the man in because he was dressed in cowboy attire. So he said, bitch, I'm going to build my own hotel where everybody's welcome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good for him. So he hotel. did. Hotel. Hotel. <laughs> yeah, motel. Brown Passel and. Anyway. <laughs> Was that a mix between castle and palace? <laughs> that Brown Passel in. <laughs> Yeah. So it's a beautiful place, y'all. It's like yeah. Victorian style, gorgeous. They keep it very much the same. Of the time. Yeah. And back in the day, fun fact, there was a tunnel that connected the Brown Palace to. That's called the Small Intestine. To the Navari building. And that was apparently back then like a brothel and a gambling hall. Oh, shit. So shit went down. But. I'm going to tell you a really fun story because this place was known for a bunch of cool, famous guests, right? Okay, I love that. It was known for, like, a con man named Soapy Smith. Soapy Smith. Soapy. Uh-huh. It was all Molly Brown, duh, and several presidents, y'all. Several. But what it's most known for is the Brown Palace murders. <gasps> mm-hmm. I'm a male devil. So we're the story begins in 1897, right? Right. We got this John Wallace Springer guy. He's a lawyer from Illinois. What a and name! He has this wife named Eliza Clifton Hughes, and Eliza was sick, so they had to move, obviously, to the good old era, Colorado. You know, mm-hmm. that's what, that's what all the people were doing. Help on. So he built this huge mansion for his wife to like make her better, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sad to say, but the clean air did no good. She ended up dying. I'm going to tell you what about Colorado. Yes, the air is nice, but you can't fucking breathe. Right. Because you're up too high. Because you're sick. Yeah. That's, that's a problem. That's harder on your lungs. Something they didn't think about. Well, Rude, honestly. here I am to tell you what's what. Mm. <laughs> Alyssa, tried and true. Do it. She tested it out this weekend. Yeah, she mm-hmm. did. Yeah. That wasn't fresh air for you, huh? No, I'm still recovering. Oh, we're glad you're back. Honestly. Same. I can breathe again. Okay, well, John, the wife, his wife died. So in 1909, boy, like, hit the streets, fell in love with an Isabel Patterson. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Isabel had been recently divorced. She okay. was 20 years younger than John. Okay. But he loved her. And she was somewhat of a, like, a, a little bit of a party animal. <gasps> Did he meet yeah. her at the brothel? We don't. I don't think I know where he met her. <laughs> so he wanted Isabel to keep her reputation around town, right? She loved to party. She was a socialite now. We got to keep her under control. So when she's in town, we don't want her, you know, drunkenly, I don't know, stumbling around trying to find a room. No. So let's hook her up with a suite at the Brown Palace okay. Hotel. All right. A nice Here she goes. Suite. So John hooks his wife up. She's having a great old time, apparently, because she ends up falling for this guy named Tony Von Poole. They start having a, a flush, love affair. Yeah. Luscious love affair. Luscious. Uh-huh. Luscious. And, Lustful. and Tony obviously becomes obsessed. Well, how could course, you not be? With your party animal, Isabel. Of course. And he starts to say, like, if you don't, you know, tell your husband about us, I'm a blackmail you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Brownmail you. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Because here's what happened, my dude. So, Isabel was like, shit. Is her name Isabel or is it Eliza? So, Eliza's dead. Oh. Oh, that was the that first, was the first right. one. Okay. Right. That's Isabel. why he got ended up in Colorado. Oh, yeah, this yeah, yeah. She's GF. She's younger. Okay, okay, okay. She's a party uh-huh. animal. Isabel. Isabel. So sorry. So oh, she's sorry. She's a crazy lady. So, 
she's scared for her life. She's like, this could not happen. I cannot be brown mailed. <laughs> My husband could not know what's been going down in these halls. So she hooks up with her friend, Frank Henwood. And she's like, okay, Frank, you got to go get these letters that I've written to my boy Tommy. They say all sorts of nasty. Sexy stuff? I've been sexting him. She was sexting. I've been sexting him for years. You have to pick up these letters. So Frank's like, I got you, girl. So Frank gets all involved in this mess, right? And he's like, listen, Tony, your ass is meeting me at the Brown Palace. (laughs) Your Brown Palace is meeting me at the Brown Palace. (laughs) Right. And he's like, we're going to settle this once and for all. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Don't ask me why he was so involved. I think he probably was. He probably had it. Yeah. Yeah. So Frank and Tony meet up. Shit pops off, y'all. A Frank and Tony meetup is never good. No, it's Italian. Three people were shot. (gasps) Tony dead. (laughs) This guy named George E. Copeland dead. (gasps) And then J.W. Atkinson, he would survive. But wounded, wounded, y'all. John Springer was devastated. He was like, how can my wife... Involved in this, my wife. <laughs> how honestly, though, how could she do that to him? He divorced her ass five days later, <gasps> he was done. He knew she was guilty as fuck, and that was it. I mean, look what she caused exactly yeah. a lot of drama, exactly a lot of blood. So, I'm gonna say that she haunts the place and probably Tony, too. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure she haunts up in her suite that she threw a lot of parties in. Yeah. You know? And they have a lot of action upstairs. <gasps> action? Action. Upstairs? Yes. Yes. Let me tell you about one room in particular, 904. Legend has it that a socialite lived there. Mm-hmm. And um, later on, down when the hotel was, like, kind of, in renovation period where there was like a lot of different rooms like just getting redone they said that the um switchboard for that room kept receiving calls Mm -hmm. but there was no way calls could have been coming from that room because Uh, it was fully uh, under uh. construction Mm-hmm. That was like at the Chelsea Hotel where they hear like the screaming and the music coming from, and there's nobody there. Right, hello. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like oddly enough, like with that story, my parents stayed on the ninth floor. <gasps> and of course they did. They <laughs> did yeah. they request it? Yes. Of course. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> so they stayed on the ninth floor and they said the whole time they were there, the elevator would not stop on the ninth floor. It would it would just stop on the eighth. If you press nine, it would just keep stopping on the eighth. And so at one, the, they finally just went down and were like, we can't do it. So they tried with the guy at the front desk. He couldn't do it. So they started taking the service elevator to get to their floor. She also said it sounded like nobody else was up there besides them. Weird. Which is very spooky. Mm. Something weird is going on there, I say. Maybe it's Isabel. I don't know. Maybe it's some other socialite. They're like, oh, this is our floor. Right. Uh, excuse, <laughs> excuse us. Me, Linda. <laughs> you don't even know. <laughs> so, anyways, there's more hauntings there. Like, um, one night after an employee, what those like after hours, they heard strange sounds coming from this room called the San Marco room, mm-hmm. which used to play, um, I think it's called Ellington's today, but it used to play like, like string quartets and like band music and mm-hmm. stuff. And he said that he heard strange sounds coming from that room. And when he walked in, he found a formally dressed string quartet practicing their music. Classic. <laughs> he was like, he, he said he was stunned to see the musicians. And he, and he said, he said, you're not supposed to be here. Hello? And they, and they <laughs> nonchalantly replied, oh, don't worry about us. We live here. Oh, okay. Carry, <laughs> carry on then. Casual. Go on. <laughs> right crazy another employee encountered an apparition of a man dressed in an old-fashioned train conductor's uniform he was appearing um for just a moment and then he would like disappear through a wall it said that the spirit was seen at the at the current location of the airline ticket office which ne- which once housed housed the railroad ticket office 
Okay. So I guess he hangs out around there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. There's also an un in a uninformed. I, I think it's uniform. Uni- units uniforms. <laughs> this is all through text. Okay. Oh. Oh, this is your your mom texted you. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Gotcha. There's a uniform waiter who spies who is spied in the service elevator with as long along with cheerful children who are known to gallop in the hallways. Me as a child. Oh, and then a baby cries in the boiler room. <gasps> <laughs> Was it boiled? I don't Dude. want to talk about it. Yeah. So there's a bunch of stuff that pops off at the Brown <laughs> Hotel. I mean a bunch of people stayed there, clearly. Bunch of socialite. Damn, the historic brown and palace. The brown palace murders. Wow. The drama. The drama. The dram. The, the bloodshed. Yes, it's haunted, guys. So everybody should go stay there. My parents were in room 910. 910. And the haunted socialite room is 904. 904. Write it down, folks. I'm requesting it. Do it. So I have uh, another haunted hotel that's about two hours south of Denver in good old uh, Cripple Creek. Cripple Creek. The Imperial Hotel. In this location, um, this is actually featured on one of the Ghost Adventures um, episodes. Season 6, episode 17 to be exact. Okay. If you want to watch it. I do. Uh, In this hotel, the Imperial Hotel was opened in 1896, so around the same time, I guess this was just like when the hotel industry was booming Booming. and popping, you know. It's probably when like the railroad industry really took off. Yeah. So they were like, Mm -hmm. bring them out, bring them out. All those resources, the funds, the Mm -hmm. people. People love a good travel, you know. People Mm -hmm. were mining. Yeah. Not mining, but mining. They Um, might have been miming. (laughs) I think I've seen a mine there. Cripple yeah. Creek was also um, a mining, mine. a mining city. Uh, and this this hotel is said to be one of the most haunted hotels in Colorado. I mean, we know by now there's quite a few haunted hotels in Colorado, mm-hmm. and it's said to be frequented by the spirit of the original owner, whose name was George Long, and his daughter Alice. So, backstory along with a plot twist. George married his first cousin. Ew. Yeah. And because of this, uh, Alice was born with a severe mental disorder. Um, as as This is what happens when you marry and yeah. communicate with your first cousin. So. We, we were at the Denver Art Museum, and they had a, like a British art exhibit, and all of the children looked a little off. <laughs> and I was like, why? I... I said it out loud. I was like, the kids don't look right. And then I was like, oh. And I was like, people used to have children with their, like, siblings or cousins. Yeah. Steve so was like, yeah. <laughs> That's what's wrong with all the kids in these paintings. Oh, my gosh. Well, Damn. I'd like to see some of those paintings. Gorgeous. So she... Are they? Yeah. <laughs> Beauty's in the high of the beholder. Oh, true. So I guess Alice... I mean, there wasn't really many options to take care of her. And she became so wild uh, that she actually had to be locked in the no. in her parents' apartment next to the hotel. Which oh, is, no. Which is sad. Um, but she had a whole apartment? Yeah, I guess it's where the family lived. Oh. So they didn't live at the hotel. They lived at an apartment right next door. I mean, I would just live at the hotel, but. Right. Whatever. I guess you need, like, that work-home separation. I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it. So, rumor has it, one day George, quote, fell, unquote, down the stairs and died. Although, it said that Alice ended up hitting him on the head with, like, an iron skillet. Oh, woof. So, she murdered her dad. But, at the same time, she was very unwell. <clears throat> Well, sometimes Sounds. you just hit him on the head with a skillet. Sounds yeah. Like, uh, and I mean, lesson learned, don't marry your first cousin. Yeah. And your second, nor your third. Or any cousin. Really, don't. Because you might die by way of iron skillet. I mean, these days, we should all just be good, you know. Yeah. Go shoot you in a relationship. Just make sure you're not your Exactly. Go get your blood checked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go get your Go blood, get checked. blood checked. Anyways. 
So today, Alice's old room is called the Red Rooster Bar. So go get a drink. Gorgeous. Go get a drink, folks. And wait, her apartment? Uh-huh. Oh. I'm not sure if it's connected to the hotel now. Um, I'm not really sure what the, the specifics are, but if you're there, Red Rooster Bar, go get a drink. Tell us what you see, because there have been reports <laughs> that... <laughs> did you think the song was going to keep going? I did. I really did. <laughs> I liked where it was going. Oh, um, thank you. Uh... When the doors are closed, scratching can be heard from the other side. Oh, upsetting. Um, and then I guess George, Alice's dad, his ghost hangs out, and he was quite the gambler. Um, and there's a casino there, and I guess you can hear him playing those slots at night when the casino's closed. And then also, lady guests have reported that they've felt touched so creepy george is not only banging in his first cousin but he's being spooky and creepy with the living to this day Mm-mm. so not only cold <laughs> spots but creepy spots as well <laughs> creepy spots <laughs> what imperial hotel if i didn't convince you to go then <laughs> gorgeous well i i got another hotel and it's another brown what? <laughs> Historic Brown Hotel in oh Breckenridge. Okay, that sounds a lot better than the Brown Palace yeah. in my mind. So I spent, I spent a little a little week in Breckenridge, I'll say, mm-hmm. and uh, I decided to go on a little haunted tour, right? Yeah. So this was our last stop on the haunted tour. It's just off the block. It's just up one block from the main strip in Breckenridge where all the little shops are. Love it. Um, so if you're there, be sure to stop in. It's an operating bar currently. And right now it's for sale, two point three seven five million. What a steal! Honestly, though, for being right off the main strip in Breckenridge, you can Honestly. do something with that place. Patrons, let's go. You guys all want to go in? I do. Yeah, I'll become a bartender. Honestly, it's got this gorgeous. I mean, most people would say it's hideous, but it's got this gorgeous pink wallpaper in the hallway when you <laughs> enter. And I was like, okay, this is my house. Is it original? This is her house. The wallpaper looked old. Pretty, pretty old. Cool. But anyway, so it was built in the 1860s as a private cabin for a Captain George Ryan and his wife, and they operated the property as a school in the 1880s. So Ryan, though, supposedly murdered his lover, Miss Whitney, uh, at the Brown. So her ghost is who's rumored to be there causing strange noises, things to move around. So there are a few rumors as to how this whole thing went down with Miss Whitney. But the most popular goes that Miss Whitney had fallen on hard times and she was working in the lesser, sketchier of the two red light districts in town, which was called the Crib District. Uh-huh. Yeah. The crib District. Yeah, because they were sleeping. No, because they were sleeping in like really small beds, oh. like sharing really God. tiny beds. So there's a baby in the boiler room. Yes. <laughs> so she was new to town and. She knew that wealthier men would probably not recognize her, so she was seeking out a fool of sorts to take care of her. So she looks for a man with a large home, large enough to run a brothel out of. Same. This is her game. And Ryan, he's a fool. She found that fool in him. Mm -hmm. He'd lost his wife unexpectedly, and, you know, he said, I'm looking for love. So he he's all set to marry her. Everyone in town is talking about how much of an idiot he is because he's like, don't they know she's just trying to set up shop in his house? No, mm-hmm. he didn't. So they're all set to be married. He goes out in town one day. He's walking around the main strip and he runs into a friend and his friend is like, dude, don't you see right through her? Because everyone else does. Okay, hello. And he was like, what? Hello. So he goes home <laughs> in, in a fury, in an absolute fury. Old Miss Whitney, she's been lounging around in bed all day doing her thing, you Classic. know. And he confronts her and ultimately he ends up shooting her. What? Dude, you're Classic. telling me that's the first night he found out there was a brothel downstairs. No, there was no brothel. Her oh. intention was to marry him, and then she was going to run a brothel out of the house. Oh, he was just, that was just his girlfriend. He was just... Yes. They were just dating. Yep. Mm-hmm. <gasps> yep. Dude, you were too mad, man. Yeah. So, 
most people say that she was actually buried behind the house itself because oh. sex workers were not allowed to be buried in the town cemetery. Okay, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Right. Wow. Yep. Yeah. So that whole thing happened, and then this guy named Tom T.A. Brown, he developed it into Brown's Motel, and travelers often visited the stable in the back before anywhere else in town to take care of their horses after a long ride, and they say that it may have been the only place with a bathtub in town. So this place saw a lot of people coming through when it was a motel. Um, yeah, and this this was a time the guest rooms uh. were so small that some of them literally just fit a single bed, like smashed all the way into the room that there was no space beyond it. Um, so there were also, there were those rooms and then there were employees living in the attic and in the cellar. So there were just tons of people smashing in this place, all sorts of energy, (laughs) you know? Yeah. It's, it's jam packed. Depends what you're going to do. Yeah. Fast forward to 1985, the current owner, uh, Michael Cavanaugh, I believe is his name, he purchases it, and his plan was to turn it into a pre-spa retreat, but I guess the market was oversaturated because it is such a, like, vacation town, and so he said, heck it, he turned it into a fine dining establishment, and today, though, it's just a bar, and apparently haunted as hell. So, Miss Whitney Mm -hmm. is the resident ghost, people can confirm it. Can I have, can I have a question? Yeah. Do you think... It was. It was it known for sure that Whitney wanted to do this. It was, it was speculation. It was speculation, but I mean that was what she was going to do. Okay, I'm just. I feel bad. Yeah. You know, like what yeah. if that was really. I'm sure. I'm sure she told her friends. Like, what if she hey. was never even a sex worker. No. She was. She was just totally disrespectful. She was a sex worker level. and she was working in the wrong part of town. And okay. they were thinking that she was trying to rescue her friends who were working there mm-hmm. and bring them to a nice brothel. How noble. Yes. Nice one. It was noble, but um, okay. it didn't go. So this was well, well known. Yes. Yeah. Okay. 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 So she's most often seen in the women's bathroom and reportedly she blows the curtains around. People <laughs> have tried to debunk With her it. Mouth? We don't know. Probably her hand, but it looks almost like they're blowing. I don't know. What that mouth do? <laughs> um, but guests have tried to be debunk it, and they said there's no breeze happening. Um, faucets turn on and off by themselves, which, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Bartenders often talk about they'll fill a water glass, and they turn around, and it's completely empty, but it hasn't been knocked over or anything, which is bizarre. Doors slam unexpectedly when no one's around. Vacuum cleaners mysteriously become unplugged while they are cleaning. That, to me, sounds like maybe you accidentally went a little too far, ripped it out of the wall. But what am, what am I? You know, who am I? <laughs> what, what am I and who am I? Um... <laughs> Our tour guide, she wrote a book, I believe it's called Haunted Breckenridge. Her name's Gail. She was wild as hell. Um, But she said that she held a seance there a few years back, and it popped off. Popped off. How so? She just said there was tons of activity. Um, She said that they felt a negative presence in Mm. the cellar area, which more sensitive visitors often pick up on. They say that there is a negative energy down there, but the cellar is only open for special events, usually live music or um, Halloween tours. Okay. So, yeah, Miss Whitney, she's out there. She's showing herself. She is causing a breeze, and she's doing the damn thing. What's her name? What's her name? You know? Up in Breckenridge. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did you get? Her, did you see her? I didn't. Okay. I didn't. Mm-hmm. No. There are a few other. We'll have to return to Colorado because honestly, yeah, there there are a few other spooky spots in Breckenridge. Gail, my new friend, she was pretty upfront in that there weren't that many haunted spots in Breckenridge. So I was like, how did you write a whole book? Yeah. But she did it. She did her work. Right, so there must be some substance there. Yeah. yeah. All right. But, yeah, all over. All over. Well, I'm going to take y'all to Durango. (gasps) Ever been there? I I don't think I have been to Durango. I went once. I remember it being very beautiful and quaint. So she says it's beautiful and quaint. Yeah. Um, It's a railroad town. (gasps) And there is a 
four-story Victorian-era hotel in the center of town called the Strader Hotel where stuff pops off. <gasps> Let me tell you about it. Yes. Um, I had the great fortune of staying there, too, as a child. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my um, God. a normal a normal child activity yeah. yeah he uh yeah he liked my father liked to uh haunt us for some reason <laughs> but um i don't i there was only one weird thing that happened and i'll just say it up front because i don't think it i don't know but i was a very young kid and apparently it was my first time getting to stay in a hotel room by myself i was getting to stay with my brothers there was mm-hmm. like a big like suite that we got to stay in and then my parents stayed on the other side of the room I mean of the hotel um closer to like the railroad section I guess and apparently I left the room went and found my parents room and knocked on the door and I guess I didn't say anything but it freaked my mom out because I was so young and she was like what like how'd you even know like what you were doing or whatever. Mm -hmm. And she said that she just like didn't say anything and I didn't say anything, but she just brought me back to my room. I was like, what? And she was like, yeah, but that was weird. And I was like, what? What does that even mean? Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember it. I don't know what I was thinking. Apparently my brothers didn't even know I had left the room. So that's another weird thing, you know? Yeah. But anyways, the Strader Hotel. Let's talk about it. Let's. In 1887, Henry Strader saw potential in this newfound land, Durango. Mm-hmm. And um, with the help of his family, he decided to build this gorgeous building that the hotel resides in today. Gorge. It became a really hot spot very quick with t- the town folk. They would actually, during the winter times, they would close up their own homes and stay at the Strader. Um, in town in Durango instead of like on the outskirts. Mm-hmm. I guess it was just safer to be in the center of things. Um, so, yeah, a lot of people were up in that thing in the 1800s. All up in it. Exactly. It's popping <clears throat> It truly became like the epicenter of town because Strader was like, this is too much to handle. I never really intended to like run like a very sociable hotel. So he ended up leasing it out to this guy named um, H.L. Rice, who decided to, um, do you want me to pause for a second? No, it's Oh, okay. We got a lot of noise going on next door. (laughs) What's happening? I don't know. Are they having raunchy, wild I don't know. Okay. Heck them. Anywho. So he gave it to H.L. Rice, who um, took it a step further, and it really became a hot spot. Mm-hmm. Um, Strader had had his, he was like a pharmaceutical man and decided to build a hotel. That sounds he, like money to me. Right. But he had his little business, his pharmacy business, like right next, like right, I guess, next to the hotel. It was kind of connected. Okay. And he, homeboy, forgot that he put the pharmacy in Rice's lease. So Rice was extracting like a huge sum from the rent from uh... the pharmacy. And that pissed off straighter a yeah. lot he ended up building another hotel to try to compete with his own hotel <laughs> same um ended up not working for either of them because of the um what's that the silver what was that called the silver panic oh yeah yeah at the disco exactly the Silver Panic at the Disco ruined them all. They yeah. all went under. So this place ended up getting um, bought out by the banks and placed in somebody else's hands. And uh, Charles E. Stillwell ended up, like, turning it around by the time of the turn of the century. Okay. So it lasted. And yeah. it stuck around. And it's spooky as hell, right? Um, it's now owned by a Rod Barker. I just thought I should say that since I've, like went through all the owners, you know, yeah, I feel like yeah. he'd be mad. <laughs> um, but it's haunted by a whole ton of people, you guys. Uh, there, 
hauntedplaces.org claims that it was built on top of a railroad track. So that's why it's filled with apparitions. I don't know if that's necessarily true, but it is built alongside of a railroad track. So like totally there was a bunch of people stepping in and out there all the time. And this, apparently there's a man that stands on the tracks right outside of the, of the hotel and, and he'll just suddenly vanish. So there's that. Staffs, uh, oh, there's a railway engineer in period clothing that walks through the hotel lobby. So you might get to see him. Huh. Staff refuse, refuses to work. So, I don't know why that sounded weird to me, but staff members will not go upstairs by themselves. Mm-mm. They just won't do it. Um, they also say a little girl, a mysterious man, and a barmaid haunt the place, which kind of freaks me out because I was a little girl at the time. Yes. And I decided to walk around the hotel by myself, and I had nothing to say about it. So, was I being taken over by a spirit? I, I don't know. It kind of seems like it. Especially my mom, found your parents' room. For my mom to tell me that it traumatized her because I had nothing to say. Yeah, and my brothers weird. didn't even know I left. That is weird. Like, the whole thing is very odd. It doesn't sound weird. It probably just like, oh, you probably just knew where your parents were. But I was very young at yeah. the time. So Something I, I was afoot. I don't think I would have remembered the room number or their no, room number no. or how to get there. Maybe you smelled them. Maybe. Um, but, yeah, the Diamond Bell Saloon is located here, and this is where they used to have, um, obviously, all sorts of stuff, like bands and stuff play. But you can still catch some old ragtime music, <gasps> and the um, bartenders there are costumed. I love a costumed mm-hmm. anything. And they have dance hall girls. So it's a really fun place to go, and it's haunted, and you might see, if you bring a little girl with her, you, she might get possessed, like me. Mm-hmm. Or you might see some railway men, or the mysterious man. Wow. Who won't I see, you know? Mm-hmm. They're all there. They're all there. But that's, like, I was like, that's such a weird story, Mom. And, like, why have you never told me this? Or, like, tried to ask me when I was little what the hell I was yeah. doing. You know? Was she truly that spooked? That's mm. what's so weird to me. She doesn't have an answer. Mm. Like, well, what the hell? What kind of parent were you? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I have a, uh, a spooky cemetery. <gasps> and I feel like if I were to go to Colorado, I would want to visit this place. It's the Central City Masonic Cemetery. It's 35 miles west of Denver. And it's way up high. 8,500 feet. So Alyssa would not want to go there. Oh, I went much higher than that. Oh, okay. I was at like 13,000 feet. Oh, oh my lordy. <laughs> wow. I feel sick too. Yeah. Uh, so Central City was discovered by John Gregory. John. John Gregory. And basically within like two weeks, hundreds of people arrived for the good old gold rush. Because that's, as we know by now, that's what the people were doing around. Oh, oh Yeah. And the population of Central City grew to more than 10,000 people. So that's quite an influx mm-hmm. of people. It's almost like Austin. <laughs> uh, so this is also a mining town. It's founded 1859, so a little earlier than the other than the hotels we were talking about. It was known as the richest square mile on earth. However, because everyone came and, you know, they were... They, they took were, all the gold. They took all the gold, yeah. yeah. basically dried up. Yep. Um, but Central City is also known for being a place that the residents refused to leave. I don't know if it's because they traveled so far and they got there and there was nothing left for them and they felt kind of defeated and almost like they took like a stubborn stance and they're like, no, we're not leaving until we find something. Meanwhile, there's nothing left. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a little depressing. Um, but the... The Central City Masonic Cemetery is known to be one of the creepiest in Colorado. So there are unexplained orbs of light when photographs are taken at the cemetery at night. So we know what that means. Possible ghosts. Ghosts. Mm-hmm. Another rumor when you go is that a little boy has been seen following visitors around and I think he's trying to play with them because he's like ducking behind trees and bushes. And he tries to communicate with visitors. Again, allegedly. 
So there's only one way to find out. To go there. Exactly. Exactly. So here's the backstory of Netherbury Spooky Haunt. As the story goes, every April 5th and November 1st, a woman in a gorgeous black Victorian-style dress visits the grave of a man by the name of John E. Cameron. And there's little information on who this woman was or who John Cameron was, uh, just that they lived in the central city area. Hmm. So in front of Cameron's tombstone, there's this little flower pot. So this woman in the gorgeous black Victorian dress, uh, she visits the gravesite and she leaves flowers in memory of Cameron. And I guess she stopped coming in June 1888, uh, but then two years later, um, cemetery workers um, saw her again, and she placed a bouquet on the grave and then disappeared towards Bald's Mountain, which is nearby. Uh, so November 1st is the date when Cameron died of paralysis of the heart. Whoa. So could you say that's a heart attack? Is this just a more romantic way to um, say? It's really hard for me to say. Yeah, but I honestly don't think they know. Paralysis of the heart. And... Uh, apparently, he was, like, the hot bachelor. He was, like, hot. He was popping. He was talk of the town. And all of these ladies had their eyeballs set on him. But he only had his eyeballs set on this woman in the in the black Victorian dress. So we think that they were in love. Mm-hmm. Quite possibly. And that she lived near Bald Mountain. And she continues to visit him to this day. Uh, there's a story that there was a group of paranormal investigators. I couldn't get the name of this group, but again, this is an alleged story that they visited the site on November 1st, uh, hoping to see this woman in black. And I guess at dusk, she appeared, and two of the investigators tried to grab her, but she was too quick, and she drifted away, disappearing into a nearby hillside. Damn. Spooky. Victorian lady fast. Yeah. She's a runner. She quick. She quick. She's been on those Nikes. Yeah. And you can actually go. So I I guess if you go there at night, it's trespassing, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But you can take a tour uh, with the Gilpin County Historical Society. So they'll they'll run a little spooky tour and give you more info on the cemetery and the surrounding areas and this this sad love story of this woman in black and Johnny Cameron. Rest in peace. Wow. All right, I got I got one more spooky tale for you guys. Do it. All right, so we're going to Leadville, Colorado. Um, okay. Okay. So I went there, right? So a lot of lead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I went to Leadville. Mm-hmm. It's an old mining town, very spooky, scary, right? Okay. Okay. So we drive into town. It looks like your typical old town. It's got this little main street old historic buildings. We go to the visitor center, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm walking around the visitor center looking at, they've got like things on the wall, pictures of old shit, you know, minerals, all sorts of stuff, history of the town standing there. And I'm looking at this photo of like an old miner, right? Mm-hmm. And there were other people in the visitor center there, but no one was near me. Little did I know. <laughs> yeah. So I am standing there looking at this photo, and I get, like, a chill on my neck. Mm. And then I hear a growl in my ear. Ew. And I was like, okay, well, there are, like, two teenage boys in here with their parents. Like, maybe they're fucking with me. I turn around, and those kids are on the opposite side of the room. They were never anywhere near me. There was no one near me. And I look around, and I'm just, like, chilled to the fucking bone because what... Yeah, even was that I've never heard anything like that it was like someone breathed into my ear and then they like growled it was horrifying it was definitely like a human almost growl it was it like it, it wasn't like it, animalistic or anything like it that. didn't sound it sounded wrong on every level like yeah. it didn't sound human and it didn't sound animal like it sounded somewhere in between it was very weird Okay. Yeah. So anyway, I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with this town, right? Okay, yeah. So I do some Googling while we're in the town. Right. And this is at the visitor center. Yes, this is at the visitor center. Okay. Which it looked like it was in a little old building anyway, but all the buildings surrounding it, super old. Mm-hmm. 
and I find out that there are a few haunted spots in town. So, obviously, I gotta go check them out, right? Right. So, the one that I was drawn to first is the Delaware Hotel, a.k.a. the Crown Jewel of Leadville. Oh, shit. So, you know what pops the fuck off, right? Okay. So, these guys, William, George, and John Callaway, they're brothers, and they were wealthy merchants. Merchants? Merchants. (laughs) They merged. They merged merch. Mm -hmm. So, they... Or merchants, they're moving from Denver. They go to Leadville to set up their shop for their Queensware business. Queensware is like, um, like pottery, fine, fine, like plates, and okay. you know, it's silver. it's very, it's no silver. It's no all silver. like pot. It's all okay. handmade, like pottery things. Cool. Yeah. So they build this hotel they start building in 1886 it's finished in october and it's named the delaware after their home state which if you ask me that's true love right yeah yeah so they completed it for an estimated 60 grand and they fitted it with some of the best things the best of the best for the time period actually kind of hilarious it's like delaware's gotta be so proud they've never had anything named after that right So this place, it's got steam heat. It's got hot and cold water. They got gas lighting. They got the works. Mm-hmm. So it was the host to tons of famous folks, including Doc Holliday, Houdini, Butch Cassidy, and our old friend, the unsinkable Molly Brown. Was Sunday the there? You know, yeah. Butch, Butch was there. Butch Cassidy was there, girl. So Sunday's better be right behind. Uh-huh. So... The Delaware is said to have a number of spirits, but Mary Coffee may be the one that is best known. So Mary and Jerry Coffee, right? <laughs> Mary and Jerry. They had a tumultuous marriage, and they those matters came to a head on Monday, November 3rd, 1899. So Jerry shoots his wife in the back twice. Christ. He fatally wounds her, and um, she's actually paralyzed from the waist down. Jeez. But she she lived for three days. Oh my god! Just yeah. Kill me so she's paralyzed, day. but she lives for three days, right. and then she dies. Nice shot, Jerry. So huh. when this all took place, they were in the Delaware, um, which was then known as the Delaware Block. And um, Coffee, the husband, he quoted he was quoted saying, "She harassed the life out of me when he was being taken to jail for shooting her." So, so in, maybe, maybe you harassed the life out of her. I think it went that way, if you ask me. So, in her dying declaration, she tells Justice Al Lynch that her husband, she and her husband were in their room at the hotel at around 7 a.m. He jumps up, he grabs at her, and when she ran for the door, he caught her by the throat and said, I will fix you now. He then he then fired his gun twice. Oh, one shot in the spine, <laughs> which was the one that paralyzed her. So an inquest is held. The jury finds that she was killed by her husband, and it was without cause. So he's done for. I don't like him. Today, Never Mary allegedly <laughs> appears as a woman in white at the Delaware, but only from the waist up. Stop it. Yep. <laughs> So that, you know, she's she ditched those bum legs. She's, I was going to say, I wonder if they're, like, doing the Charleston down the street. Maybe. <laughs> but I went on the TripAdvisor, right, and I read some reviews that are like, yeah, this place is spooky. So one of them said, this hotel is a trip if you're into the paranormal. We spent a night there back in 2003. We were there for a bike cycle tour in September. The night was full of noises and just a really weird feeling all night long, almost as if there were people passing through the hotel room itself. I'm not typically into this kind of thing, but that night I basically, along with my wife, who was experiencing the same thing, hardly slept a wink all night. The next day we were exhausting during the bike ride, but finished. What a weekend. I would recommend just for the experience, as it's a beautiful hotel from the turn of the century. Another review said, man... This is a big, rambling old building, but I found it absolutely pleasant and exciting. I have to say that it is not listed as haunted, and I don't actually believe in such stuff, but if there were ever a place, this could absolutely be it. 
Daytime was okay, but at night when I returned after dark, it had an eeriness about it I could not describe. Hmm. On the second floor, there are staircases that are located in the middle of the floors, and they go up to the third where I stayed. There was a presence, and the atmosphere was sort of a strange green-blue hue. I didn't feel afraid nor frightened, but there was something about it. This is not meant to scare you off. I am just mentioning it as part of my impression. So, I mean, there were about 20 other reviews about it. The lower floor today is like an antique store, and they've got some old clothing on display, and it's just a really unique place. So if you're passing through, check it out. Also, we know that objects can hold spirits. So the fact that it's an antique store, someone got shot there, it's like, Mm-hmm. Something is popping up. Most definitely. Oh, yeah, but a lot of people have been in Colorado, been through Colorado, love Colorado. It's got a lot of haunts. The moral of the story: <laughs> it's haunted. Yeah, you know, honestly. Yeah, I love Colorado. I'll yeah. haunt it one day. And I'm sure yeah, we'll, ha- we'll we'll revisit it. To be honest, because there were so many spots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all over. And until next time, stay spooky. Woo! Woo!